The Milwaukee Brewers do it again, undefeated since the Christian Yelich injury. Perfect. They uh, rally last night, get the win. Six in a row. Uh, six, is it six yeah, in a row? It's, even, six it's in even, row. even better at six. Like I said, uh, six in a row. Now tied with the Chicago Cubs. Fly the L again. The Cubs lose again. If you're waking up today, the Brewers tied for the second wild card spot in the National League with 17 games to go. I'm feeling How it. about that? They're going to do it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the vibe. Uh, a crazy game last night with the Marlins uh, all over the map. That th- that thing ran the gamut of, uh, of emotions and ups and downs. At the end of the day, the Moose and uh, yeah. the crew get it done. What a birthday um, for Moose. Yeah, right? And uh, the Brewers uh, right now are in the playoffs. Well, we'd have another. How about a, another year of game 163? With Brewers I would, Cubs, uh, I'm Let's fine with that. Again. That would be at Miller Park this time, then, right? Absolutely. I'm, like, oh, I'm cool with that. I'd rather do it in 162, but I'm cool with 163. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Brewers uh, blowing a big lead in the fifth inning and then rallying for two in the ninth. Uh, Hater comes in. Uh, how about Hater? That's the Hater I remember. How about Brent Suter before that? That guy was sick. The Raptor. Then Hater came. Hater found a slider, man. He's looking good. Uh, three strikeouts to end the game. Um, that's the Hater I've been wanting to see. And, uh, yeah, the Brewers going for the sweep today uh, against the lowly Marlins. How about the Cubs losing again? Speaking of lowly, to the lowly Potters. That team truly cannot win a game on the road. No, and um, they scored zero runs against the Padres. Nelly, you brought up the thing about the Cardinals because the Brewers go to the Cardinal St. Louis next. Yeah, they've only scored one run in the last two games. Cubs have scored zero runs in the last one. How about that? Uh, the Cubs' record is hilarious. Uh, they are 30-44 and 44 on the road. Only the Marlins and Reds have won less games than the Cubs on the road. Um, I, I would, we talked about the percentages on, on Tuesday, and then obviously you had the Elich injury uh, Tuesday night, and then we talked yesterday. Do you, you know? Do you really think like there's a chance? I mean, I'm longer this thing goes, obviously the Brewers can just it. hang in there. I'm feeling um, it. I like it, man. I love it. I'm feeling it, man. The, the, these guys have rallied around this Elich injury. Some guy tweeted out last night. I only saw one guy tweeted. It was a big J who is from ESPN, covers MLB, that said Elich – no surgery needed, only out six weeks. Now, he's the only person I've seen say that, though. No one else has said anything. Yeah, I, I can't imagine he's going to be. Uh, one doctor came out and said, you know, uh, sometimes these, these injuries can take, you know, if it's, if it's right on the, you know, on, on the cap, it can take you know, upwards of a year to heal. Now, that's extreme the other way. I, I don't believe Christian. Hey, we Jordan. talked about it yesterday on here with our bold World Series predictions. If the Brewers get hot and rally around this, Christian Yelich out six to eight weeks, yeah. right in time for the World Series Here it Series is. There's Jim, Jim Bowden last night. Yelich, no surgery needed, out six weeks. <clears throat> That's what he says, or tweets. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, that, that'd be amazing. I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll be happy if he's ready for opening day. He was an MLB um, analyst. But no, it was a uh, an awesome game last night. Uh, the Brewers, uh, I mean, they're... There, there, there's literally 17 games to go, and they are tied for the second wild card. Yeah. Um, we just had this, I think Cody said this last night, or it was entering play last Friday. The Brewers trailed the Cubs by five games for the second wild card spot less than a week later. 
They're tied. There it is. Uh, we got a lot to get to uh, today on the show. We'll talk more on this uh, big brewer surge here the last couple of days. And um, again, you're 17 games left. You are tied for the uh, playoffs right now. So we'll talk more uh, on the uh, Brewers. Uh, week two. I can't believe I'm saying this. Week two of the NFL starts tonight. Yeah, I can't Man, believe time Thursday. flies when you're having fun. Week two of the uh, the NFL uh, season Starts tonight. We'll uh, we'll talk some NFL football. Packers, Vikings. Uh, did you feel good, Evo? Did you feel like you know after hate week kicked off yesterday? Yeah. You, you, you get some of that out in the open, you know. Packers, Vikings. I mean, I could do hate week. I, I could do that entire show again today. Well, it's called hate um, week, not hate day. Right. Uh, I got some more stuff on the Vikings. Uh, I, I think we you know we, we did a pretty good job on on, on setting the setting the tone uh, of Packers Vikings yesterday. So we'll talk more on that. Uh, coming up, our Packer Insiders with us today, Rob Reichel in the 8 o'clock hour from Forbes.com. Uh, Get uh, Rob's take on Packers-Vikings. And it is Thursday. Get your fantasy football questions ready. Fantasy Zone's back, baby. Hell yeah. Undefeated. Yeah, I'm the only... You guys uh, both won last week. I, and you and I went head-to-head. So obviously one of uh, one of you or I were going to lose. So... You and Nelson kind of doing that Mr. McMahon strut uh, around the office this week with uh, with wins. So uh, we will talk some fantasy football in the 9 o'clock hour. Get your questions ready. Uh, don't forget uh, the Joe and Ebel Fantasy Showdown. Go to madcitysportszone.com. It's uh, our take on weekly fantasy football. And uh, you have up until a kickoff tonight to lock in your lineup, be one of those 16 uh, weekly winners. Yeah, mine's already in. Nelly, don't forget yours this week. I'm in. You're in. I filled mine out yesterday. Miller, you I got to do it. No, thanks for the uh, the reminder. I will. Uh, I will start working on that uh, right now. See how good I, I can. I think this uh, happened to me last year too. I missed the first week. Yeah, I'll miss a couple here and there. Obviously, a slow starter. Team jumped out to zero points. <laughs> you're, you're you you come on fast at the end, Rouds. Uh, so we'll get to the fantasy zone in the uh, in the nine o'clock hour. All right. So, why uh, well, explain to me, Evo, because Nelson and you're—I'm not disagreeing with you. I was just surprised to hear it out of your voice before Nelson's. I can't wait to hear Nelson's take when you said about uh, Craig Council last night. How how beside himself was Nelson when you saw him this morning about uh, the Brewers and some of the the pitching and, and substitution decisions in the middle of the game? Nelson was cool as a cucumber. I don't. Really? Yeah, he didn't, I was the one that kind of mentioned something. But once you get a win, then it's everything's cool. Yeah, Zach Davies last night, I mean, he was pitching pretty good. He was working his way around. You only give him four hits, so you're in runs. And all of a sudden, he pitched four, four and one-third innings, and he gets the early pull. And I thought he was doing – I'm not a manager, though, obviously. I thought he was doing pretty decent. And then Claudio comes trotting in, immediately gives up a two-run shot. And then they replace him with Jackson, who he then gives up a home run. Then the game's tied 5-5 five to five in a must – the reason I was mad because it's a must-win situation. We were talking about it yesterday. You got to win, you know, especially against a lowly Miami Marlins team. When Yelich goes down, you need to respond in a big way, and all of a sudden Davies goes out, pulled really early, and then Claudio gives up a two-run shot, Jackson gives up a, a shot, and then it's a tie ball, game 5-5, and the Brewers can't score until Mike Moustakis says, you know what, I'm going to do it myself in the ninth. See, I only caught it from the sixth on, so I missed this because I was out to dinner. I was – you know how I like like I'm a big Craig Council supporter, but I was a little a myth last night. You even know three quarters of the time I'm probably disagreeing on the early hook. This was way too early of a hook. Yeah, I I, I you know I had it, but on, it worked out, and I was just kind of like you know I was like oh no did we have another pitcher that was hurt like you know why why are they pulling, uh, 
Davies in the fourth inning. I, I mean, Nelson, there's got to be a plan, right? There had to be a, a, a pitch count or a matchup or something that could. Well, Zebo's the- right. The timing was odd. And then instantly back to back, you know, both relievers get shelled and the game is tied. Now, again, it well, worked Claudio's out, but- actually been really good the last two months. But, I mean, we know what Jay Jackson is. He's a 30 year old minor leaguer that's on the roster. Mm-hmm. But, but the council, ha- council has the ability to do this in September. And it makes sense that he can do this in September with the expanded roster. He's got more arms available. But what is crazy with his early hooks is he was doing it in April when they didn't have expanded. <laughs> well, the rosters. cool thing about I mean, it was five five. They worked their way around it. Brent Suter came in. You know, Brent Suter was out what almost the whole season, wasn't he? He was out since last mid July. I love Brent Suter. The Raptor came in three innings, just dealt. Only gave up one hit. It was. It was a work of art because Suter, he pitches fast. I love how fast that guy goes. And then Hader came in and did his thing. Uh, th- yeah, it, w- it was a little wild in the middle. Uh, it did get the, the job done. And, uh, you know, d- d- do you guys, you know, how surprised are Or maybe you're not surprised. I mean, because this, is this just what the Cubs are, just like underachieving that can't win on the road? Yeah, we've known that for a long time now. Um, I, I know. I'm just waiting for it to not be the case. Um, I you know, we're talking about yesterday. Like, to the is this thing over? Uh, losing Christian Yelich. I mean, it's only one game, but you know, when you're down to 17, one game's a it means means a lot. And you know, we talked about it yesterday. I still can't wait, by the way, to see the crowd today. I know. Um, I want to know the over under. If, if you can win this game, I mean, to, to get a sweep would be. Uh, it's Does a bad it count team. as a win if no one's there to witness it? Yeah, because I'm sure it's, it's like still like a tree on. falls in the woods. And... Right. No, but it'll still be because I'm sure the Brewers radio team will be there. I don't know if it's on Fox Sports. They might Wisconsin. even take the day off. Um, yeah, I think it'll still. I think it's still. B.A. said last night after the win, he's like, all right, let's get back to the beach, boys. I'm like, well, you got an afternoon game tomorrow. Yeah, I hate her. I mean, that was that was awesome, man, to uh, to go one, two, three. Um, it's been a minute uh, since we've seen a, that dominant of a, uh, a hater performance. But let, let me, you know. What was it? Okay. Well, it, I thought the real th- beauty was Suter, to be honest with you. Coming yeah, he, back after all, you know, being out so long and then going three innings to be that long reliever, he was balling on him. Well, especially not only to go the three innings, but to go the three innings right after they were just getting rocked yeah. in the fifth where all the good work had been basically overdone uh, because they blow the, uh, you know, the lead in the fifth inning and, and then Suter comes in and kind of kind of stabilizes. Suter going three was big because it, it allowed Josh Hader only to pitch one inning because mm-hmm. when they continue to use Josh Hader for two innings, for two innings, burns them up a lot quicker, especially in situations where, hey, if they have a, another save situation today, Josh Hader should be available. Well, and you got to give a credit to Mike Moustakis in the top of the ninth in that two-run shot, so Hader only had to pitch that. Bottom of the ninth. Moose so good on his birthday, he decided to hit one for me too. Yeah, that's right. Uh so what what are the uh what are the odds guy? What are the five thirty eight say today? Where are we at uh, on the percentage? To make today? the playoffs, they're at forty two percent. Forty two percent to win the division, nine percent. Um winning the World Series slightly greater than one percent. Well, I mean, the Cardinals, uh, like Nelson said, suddenly can't hit the baseball. Uh, they've lost two in a row and four or five. So you're you're four games back. I suppose if you guys want to get super greedy and say, you know, the Brewers are going to go into uh, St. Louis uh, this weekend and take two or three, um, you know, you, not, not, I suppose the division's not out of the realm yet. 
I mean, you're only four back. If you could, if you take that series, you, you in theory could get down to two or one games behind the Cardinals. I think that's a bit. Uh, I think you're going to have to sweep the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals' schedule though is re- they go Brewers, Nationals, Cubs, Nationals, Cubs. Now, I guess you can look at that one of two ways. If you believe it's going to be Brewers, Cubs for the wild card, you know the Cardinals and Cubs play seven times. Um, you know, and then you have the Nationals in there. That's the other team. So it's kind of crazy that all three, if you want to say, if you believe the Cardinals are still competition, all three of the teams the Brewers are chasing, Cubs, Nationals, and Cardinals, they all play each other here in the next 17 days. So how's that work, Nelson? Do you just root for all of them to split and then the Brewers go like 12 and 5 or 13 and 4 in the next 17 days? Sit and wait to see what happens the first couple games. Yeah, first the, couple games of that first series, they split. Brewers keep winning. Maybe they just continue to keep splitting games. The Cubs come out and take two, or the Cardinals come out and take two. Might as well let that team roll. I, I want to know what attendance is today. <laughs> uh, is is that game on TV? Do we do we know? Is it on? Because Fox Sports Wisconsin sometimes doesn't put the day games on. Because um, if it's not on TV, yep, it is. Is it on Fox Sports Wisconsin? FSWI. Yes. All right. I am so watching because the Monday night game was that's the worst I've probably ever seen. I think there were a little, I mean, it was still, I mean, egregiously bad the last two days. Uh, but I think there was a little more people in there. Um, yeah, there was a last night three people in the outfield to catch a Moose's home run ball. <laughs> so, okay. Both of them. If, uh, they continue to draw this amount of fans, which they pretty much have all season. Do you think their uh, TV providers just continuously block out and black out the Marlins baseball channel down <laughs> in Florida? Because you can't tell me they ever get enough people where it's not blacked out. Um, yeah, it's that's. So the, this article is from June. Through 35 games, Miami is averaging a league-worst 9,259 fans, down 7.5% from 2018. While attendance has dipped 1.9% league-wide, the Marlins are outpacing that clip at breakneck speed. Well, just think about that. For what they're averaging, for what they're averaging, they have to have at least four home games before they equal one Brewer home game. Wow. They don't even have a million people through their park yet. Yeah, it's terrible. And the season's almost terrible. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I, Ebo, I'm with you. I can't wait. Not now. I mean, obviously, I'm, the Brewers are in the middle of a ch- playoff chase here, so you want to watch the game. But I, I am like fascinated to see what that stadium is going to look like. It's at noon. Guess I what? Mean, they, on a Thursday, like a week after school starts, like there is going to be nobody at that game today. Guess what? The Marlins averaged in 2012 when they opened up their park. Tell. 27,000. Maybe, uh... Now they're down to 9,000. Maybe some schools will take their kids there for, like, a little day off uh, right. early into the school year. And they'll- Dude, in 2018, the NL average was two two and a half million people for, like, a season total. The Marlins had 811,000. <laughs> that means they shouldn't even... I mean, it's a, they're an embarrassment to professional sports. What was the name of the ship? Was it the Green Bay? Oh. The USS Green Bay, right? I, uh, Where I was the, the horn from? Anyone? I don't remember. I'll look it up. All right. So the horn didn't work. They got the lights thing, which is not bad, but uh, they're playing a noon game on Sunday. How are you going to flicker the lights for a Packer touchdown? 
Um, people are talking about the wave. Aaron Rodgers made some comments. The wave, sorry, Ebo. The wave is lame. I like the wave. Uh, the wave sucks. Why um, though? We, we got well. We could talk about it. Maybe Nelson and Aaron the minor. I think the wave. I, is I, I think I'm in the minority in this. I just terrible. don't know why people have a problem. With people being fans in a. Stadium. I don't think they do. Uh, anyway, well, apparently, we'll, everyone hates the wave. The, we'll, okay, we'll talk about it. We got to come up with if the foghorn doesn't work, if you can't flicker lame. lights, uh, the wave. We, apparently, we need to come up with something. Uh, for the Packers, so we'll uh, we'll try and come up with some suggestions uh, later here this morning. But let's get you caught up. They'll spend hours on it. Here's what's making news. <laughs> Somebody get some water, please. We'll spend one minute. The top stories from across the nation. Gone in 60 seconds. Well, in the majors, more home runs have been hit in 2019 than any other year in history. It's official. New home run record, 6,106 and counting. Two and a half weeks left still to play. Uh, Baseballs I, are I, juice. Yeah, I think I was just going to say, I think we can uh, we can assume, though, no, the balls are juice. Okay, so athletes have failed drug tests, managers, jockeys, now add horses. Reports are that Justify failed a drug test one month before it won the 2018 Kentucky Derby. It went on to win the Triple Crown. That um, So are they going to like take the Triple Crown away, or are they going to take it away, uh, or what's they going said, on? They uh, said it should have resulted in disqualification, although they let him race. I guess they'll let what you the, decide. Okay, we got to talk about that. Uh, the NFL is reportedly putting, uh, considering putting Antonio Brown on the commissioner's exempt list. That would make him ineligible for games every time he's on it, but he still would get paid. Um, yeah, it, it's it is uh, crazy. The Mets hit nine runs and eleven hits. Glad you caught us up. Gone in sixty seconds. I saw that. Uh, that is uh, that's pretty neat. Uh, Mets win at home. Uh, they score nine runs on eleven hits and uh, and beat the Diamondbacks. Actually, blow them out. And they scored nine. Obviously, they scored nine runs. So a a nine nothing win. Yeah. So on justify, I because I thought the same thing. I'm like, well, wait a minute. So does that mean it's not the triple crown winner? Um, it said it dismissed the case, even though it failed the test. This is according to the New York Times. Uh, Justify tested positive for soclopamine after a win at Santa Anita, which is the qualifier for the Kentucky Derby. Soqualipine is a banned substance that can, can enhance performance. And so not even horses taking performance enhancers. Such a result should have resulted in a disqualification. However... They waited until nine days before the Kentucky Derby to file it. Uh, basically, they didn't wait. They didn't give them enough time because you get a second sample request, which happened three days after the Kentucky Derby. So I don't. I mean, once I, I would say, if you race and it's already happened, does it does it stand or now does that? Now I mean, this we, isn't the horse's fault, but like, why would wait, you? The let, horse didn't know what he was uh, why taking. Would you, why would you let the horse race? If you knew it was cop doping, <laughs> the mob, dude, it's got to be mob. Oh, my what else God. would it be? How if you were caught doping in some of the when one of the biggest events ever? Why would they let it still race I, unless there was I, some kind of mob ties or something? I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I I saw that and I was like, how? Okay, so there the horse actually came out and had a press conference and said he'd bet on his life he did not take anything. Yeah, <laughs> rumor is he had a long face too in that. Did you take him? Nay. No. Nay. <laughs> That's funny. It's like the Bill Belichick of press conferences. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Oh, by the way, if you saw Bill Belichick's press conference on Antonio Brown yesterday, classic yeah, Belichick. We're, we're focused on Miami. Um, 
No, he got mad. More focused um, on Miami. Well, to find the audio, he, he like yelled at a reporter. It's uh, it's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm with you, Evo. I don't know how uh, justified if he failed the drug test is allowed to race in the Kentucky Derby and ultimately win it. The, There's got to be a D-bag here. Um, Can we put justified up as the D-bag? The horse? Yeah. Pretty sure the horse wasn't taking well, it on its own. I know, but who won? Who won? Justified. He's, yeah. a, he's a bag. I would say Bob Baffert, the trainer. I, I, I don't think uh, Justified was calling up Bob. Bob, give us some drugs. You think the, jockey, drugs. think the jockey was all drugged up, too? Well, we have. All amphetamined we, up. We've had stories of the jockeys being all doped up. Now the now the horse, uh, man. I just started Sopranos. I've never watched The Sopranos. I just started it last night, and I immediately I saw that story and immediately thought like Tony Soprano was like drugging horses or something down at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> That's is um, this the one that had the uh, the finish that was such a yeah wasn't it was it that or like was it Churchill Downs because it was one of the major races had that racing. big uh, it was like they had to go to that photo finish and there was a bunch of big to do if the one horse yeah, got out got, of line impeded the way of the other one I'm, I'm sure we can just Google horses that. running out of line horses doping. What is I mean, horse racing yeah, what, come what to? What is this world coming to? Even even horse racing. Hey, that, horse race, that horse could get a job in the majors, then. Sea Biscuits rolling in his grave. Sea Biscuits is shaking his head. <laughs> that bottle of glue just doesn't oh, feel right. Yeah, that's man. just there is some more. There is a pile of Elmers waiting to be made somewhere. It's be uh, really sticky, really super super glue. Oh my it up. god, uh, that's funny. Does this man. mean he has uh, all the uh, semen that they sold is now contaminated? Semen. No, they sell it all oh. off for millions oh, of dollars. For the the stud fee. The stud. Does, did you just say semen? Yeah. <laughs> Horse semen. Just stay. I'm just still, saying. So just stick with a, stud fee. It's tainted I money I, now. I, I don't need to hear about horse. It's tainted money and tainted semen. semen. Unbelievable. Strange. <laughs> it's a super uh, baby. Aaron Rodgers, we missed it yesterday. He was asked a question about the homestand. Then it turned into fan and participation. You know, the Packers have tried some things. To get the fans amped up. I mean, I don't know what you or Nelson. Somebody said it a few weeks ago. Like, how about just you know be a fans? Why do we need to come up with some some gimmicks to get the fans involved? Whether it was the the foghorn that nobody liked or the flickering of the lights. But I get what Lafleur's saying. Look, they haven't they haven't won it. They haven't won a division game. They've won one division game at home in the last two years. So there's not much of a home field advantage at Lambeau Field. So the Packers are trying to get you know creative ways. Rogers said, "I'm not a big fan of the wave." Now you can say he's a not a fan of fun, or you can understand the, you know, it's no, to me, it's no different than when a quarterback at home puts his hands down to crowd, you know, to quiet the crowd so he can hear the plays. Yeah. I get some people are saying, oh, come on, Rodgers, grow up. It's the wave. I don't, I'm not so much that I side with Aaron Rodgers on that. I just think the wave is cheesy and it's played. Not that I'm not a fan of fun. I just think we can come up with something better. Cheesy and played. So let's say, and I, I, I let me pre this by saying I love what they do here at Camp Randall. But let's say you're at Camp Randall, Joe, and you were saying, fill me up Buttercup or Sweet Caroline. Yep. Isn't that cheesy and played? But you sing it at the top yeah. of your lungs yeah. and you love it. Isn't, isn't, uh. But that's, but that's our, though, like, jump yeah, around no, I, I, I know, thing. I didn't say jump around. Jump around's not cheesy. Jump around's okay. cool. Like, I'm saying, like, Sweet Caroline. Yeah. Well, fill me a buttercup. They do that everywhere. They do it everywhere. That's why it's that's yeah, cheesy, it's, it's cheesy. But you love it. Okay, that's. Do you not sing it when it's on? If you're at the game, of course. Of course, you're you do. making a good point there. Um. So anyway, what we... isn't cheesy and played at sporting events? How many times I gotta hear "Crazy Train"? That's cheesy and played. <laughs> you're at every sporting event. Like, what isn't cheesy and played out at a sporting event? 
You you make a compelling point on the build me up butter. But it's cup fun. You you make a compelling point there. Uh, so anyway, we put it so whether this turns into maybe Rogers is wrong. Maybe maybe I am Clint Eastwood from um what what's the uh, the movie with the car movie? Grand Torino. Maybe I am Clint Eastwood from Grand Torino. Maybe I'm truly get off Ugh. your lawn guy. I I keep saying I'm never going to turn into my father, but maybe I am slowly turning into my father. Um and it's maybe I don't like fun. So I that's why this Twitter poll to me is fascinating. Uh, do you like the wave at sporting events? Real simple, yes or no. Uh, no, Ebo, 61%. Yeah, so I right know. now I'm, but like the first hour of the show, and by the way, I'd love to hear from you, 608-321-1670. The first hour of the show, everyone was calling in is like, what's up, Joe? Do you not like having fun? Yeah, so you, like, you were just kind of being anti-American. Right, so now I'm anti-American. Um, Nelson doesn't like it either. Right. Nelson, do you hate but America? Now, I love America. That was a long pause. I, was say, I had to turn my mic on. That was, that was an uncomfortable pause. pause. Let me try again. Nelson, do you hate America? No. All right, that's a little bit. Okay, better. Nelson, why do you agree with me? Well, you agree with me you don't like the wave. Do you agree that I I don't think it's not that it's not fun. It's just it's kind of cheesy. It's played. It's antiquated. If if this is all about like It, it was kind of wanna... like what Conrad said. You know, if you're sitting there watching the game and you got these dweebs getting up in front of you while a play's going on, it's like sit down. God. Well, it's got to be. Sit down at a sporting event? This isn't. What are you, Bill Michaels now? If you're randomly <laughs> standing up during a game. <laughs> roasted unit. Roasted unit. If you're randomly standing up during a game while the game's going on. Joe said he'd stand the whole game. For a up wave. And not everyone else is standing. Might give you a boot and kick you over down to the next yeah, does, it, does it say on my ticket that I bought with my own money that I can't stand up? Yeah, and then Nelson, here's the thing. Now you're getting into blue hair territory at Camp Randall where the blue hairs are always like, sit down, shut up. You know, shut like up. They, I'm like, shut up, so, old man. Uh, yeah, I'm not anti-fun guy. I'm just saying, I look. I'll hit old man in public. Put your hands down unless you want to catch these hands. <laughs> no, Nobody liked um, the horn thing, right? At, Terrible. At, 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 nobody liked the horn. It sounded like a wet fart. Um, <laughs> uh, the... Um, yeah, you know the light thing was. I, I oh, I'm willing to to Cheesy. entertain it, but first things first. You only I think there's three night games at Lambo this year, so there's five games where you can't flicker the lights on a touchdown. So clearly the pack and Lafleur has said whether you would disagree with Lafleur. Um, I get what he's saying. Look, it's been there hasn't been a home field advantage at Lambeau Field in a couple of years. You can't argue with the results, right? They have not been a good team at Lambeau Field, haven't, right? Haven't. Now, the easiest way to generate a home field advantage is to just win. Um, so you could come back to Lafleur and Rogers and say, "Why are you wave this? You know, foghorn that? Just win your games, and the fans will be fired up, and it'll be a raucous environment in there. Why do you have to manufacture something at Lambeau Field?" I feel like if they, I'm in that camp. If they want to get the the crowd really inspired, how about you score more than I don't know ten points, or how about you have an offense that actually looks entertaining right. and people want to cheer for? Uh, a couple tweets, Pike Slayer one up in uh, the UP. What up, Jake? He says it's fine between the wave. It's fine between quarters or at the half, but during actual game time, it's super annoying and almost disrespect disrespectful to the players. Pay attention to the game or stay at home. Angry O'Brien 3 has a gif of Peter Griffin going, oh, my God, who the hell cares? Well, Angry O'Brien, your prima donna quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, cares. He's the one that started this conversation. Oh, why, see, why do you got to get a shot in on Rodgers? Dude, it's the wave. 
My only, he says, my only ass is that we don't do the wave when we're on offense, said the Rodgers. Said the Rodgers. Said, said Rogers. the Rodgers. Yeah, the Rodgers. And then uh, Valhalla Order 66, he says, Nelson hates everything. <laughs> Which is true. I, but uh, here's the thing. All right, 608-3, I feel like this is a two-part question. 608-321-1670. A, it's the wave part. Do you think the wave is cheesy or is it still cool? B, does uh, does there need to be something manufactured at Lambeau Field to have fun? Like, what, what would, you know, like jump around has become iconic, right? It is now known as the best college game day tradition, right? Yeah, people are well, stealing it now. Well, and right. So, but nobody anywhere says, well, that's cheesy, that's manufactured. Like, and I think, you know, we'd like to think Wisconsin's going to be a good team and has had a lot of good teams. It's not like, oh, why are you doing jump around? You can't just win. Like, no, if you you can be a good team and still have a really cool deal that you do at your stadium, right? Like, it's not like they did jump around because, oh, Wisconsin sucks at football. We need to come up with something to entertain the fans. No, Wisconsin's good, and we have the most kick-ass college football tradition out there. Well, I mean, jump around kind of was started because Wisconsin sucked. No, it was not. Yes, it was. It started because it's fun. No, it was started because there was a game where they were just getting their asses kicked and going into the fourth quarter, they turned on jump around and the okay, fans that, started jumping around. Wisconsin came back and won the game and it became a tradition. Yes. It got them pumped up. They were getting smoked because Wisconsin sucked back then. No, it not back it, It's they were, exactly where it was. You it, can look it up, Joe. It was they were not they were it was during the Rose Bowl era. They didn't they were oh, bad. They were getting smoked. They were getting smoked one game. The point is, I think what LaFleur is saying is there hasn't been a home field advantage at Green Bay in some time. Do you guys agree that the that the, the thought of Cam or of Lambeau Field is not as intimidating as it maybe it was five, ten, fifteen it is not, years it ago? It is not intimidating though. No. If you're if you're the Was fight- Aaron Rodgers crying about this in two thousand ten to two thousand fifteen about fans needing to be louder when they were good? Nope. No, no, no. Nope. I did say that. I said the easiest way to do this is just win. Yeah, just have a product right. on the field that now, people I can get behind. Completely agree with that. If they go out there and they put it on the Vikings this week and win forty nine nothing, you don't need a dumbass wave or a foghorn or a, even jump around to get your fans involved. You're going to get involved. So I I agree with you guys on that. The easiest way to get the fans into it is to win. But if they want to say. Well, let's uh, let let's let's make the fan experience even better, and we haven't won yet. So until we can, we have to prove ourselves to the fans. I'm all for entertaining new ideas to get people fired up at Lambeau Field. And again, where this all started, if the wave is still that recipe, I'm willing to entertain it. I'm just saying, I think for the people that invented jump around, I think we can do something better than the wave. That's all I'm saying. I think there's something out there better than the wave at Lambeau Field. All right, then what? I, I'm, I'm open to suggestions. So the, wa- the wave exists because it's fun. To, it's something that's fun to do as a fan in the stands. That's why it's around because it's it's an activity that's fun. What are we supposed to sit on our hands in the stands and try to think of some new idea in there? Hmm, well, I wonder if we if we stand on one leg and then and then skip on it, maybe that will be fun. It's like no, just why, why can't you do something that's fun? Okay, so I'm trying to find out when this when the jump around started because I don't think Nelson's right on this fax here. Uh, your mic's off, dude. There you go. They were losing and they weren't scoring, so they turned it on and they yes, turned the but game they around and won. Bad. They were in the. What year was it? 
You're saying it's like 1987. Okay, on, on it Wikipedia, in- it says the official start was on Saturday, October 10th, 1998 at the Thank Badgers' you. homecoming game against the Purdue Boilermakers. After no offensive points were scored in the third quarter and in route to their second 6-0 start of the modern football era, one of the Badgers' marketing agents who was in charge of sound piped the, piped the song through the loudspeakers. It stirred up fans and players and eventually became a tradition. Right. So they weren't bad. So they, they were they didn't 6-0. Lose so, yeah, and by the way, that Purdue game, Nelson, that was the greatest. Drew Brees set the NCAA record for passing yards in that game. It was one of the greatest football games I've ever seen in my life. So uh, the, the notion that they were bad is just, this, this is why I, I, I sometimes question turning his microphone on. Um, it, it, they were 6-0. and Now, again, it's like the jump around now. Now it's become a thing. The that you would admit, Evo, that you the Patriots are on TV enough that that fog horn you hear that Patriot horn all the time, right? Yes, but I just roll. I could say I rolled my eyes out. They, but they it. don't. The Patriots are the best team in football, hands down, right? They don't need something to get the fans into it, right? In yes. theory, yes. What do they play every third down? If the opposing offense has a third down, that Patriots foghorn plays every single third down, right? Yeah. But, okay, so wouldn't the comeback be, well, you're the Patriots. You don't need to manufacture stuff. Why do they play that foghorn? Get their crowd amped up. Well, exactly. Get them amped. So, not again. The, not the wet fart sound and what the Green Bay tried okay, in the preseason. I agree with you. I'm just saying. Sounds it, like this. <laughs> uh, Gator Frank, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Morning, boys. Hi, Gator. Hey, Gator. So, <clears throat> I want to take you back to 2004. Looking live. Camp Randall Stadium. Uh, it was right after the rebuild, uh, and the company I worked for back then, we had a big hand in uh, that project. And uh, gotta have hand. <laughs> and uh, so, anyways, that was weird. I just got some feedback. Oh no, no, that Nelson just—you know—he's been in the business for how many years, Gator? No, he still it's not his fault. It's the mic. No, it's no, the, it's, it's his guys, no, it's guys, not. Guys, quit. Yeah, quit. Quit. It happened quit, to me uh, when I was back there. Quit fighting. I don't want to have to separate. Oh, oh we're not are, fighting. You are, fighting, you are separate. You'd know if we're fighting. I'd, I'd anyway. die for you, Gator. Uh-huh. Anyways, so 2004, the Minnesota Golden Gophers come down here, and we just laid the ass-whipping on them beyond belief. And I was so glad I was there for that game because it was, like I said, the stadium had just gotten the rebuild that, that year. And, oh, my God, when jump around happened with – that stadium being all brand new and everything, it, it was just one of the most incredible sports moments ever. As we were just booing Minnesota fans out of the stadium, it was freaking hilarious. It was just one of those one of those games where I've been to three at Camp Randall, and 2004 was the last time I, I went. But that that was just a really cool moment. And so jump around for me, I like to feel it like like that on that day. It it like it resonated with me. Still does actually. I'm getting freaking goosebumps just talking about it. Hell it's so yeah. awesome. And uh, on another thing, uh, the Brewers, you know, man, they ain't done yet. They, they just ain't. And it's really cool uh, to have them be where they're at right now. And if you look, I believe at this time last year, weren't they even farther back from the Cubs and they ran them down? And the Cubs and the Cardinals got to play each other. A, a yeah, few they more were times they were yet. almost identical. If you want, I mean, the, the wild card is totally different this year, uh, Gator. Thank you, brother. Right. That that's a cool story on the uh, on the jump round. To his point, Ebo. Um, then we got to do his call up, or his sign out. Oh shoot, sorry, is Gator. He still there? Uh, no, I screwed that up. I'm sorry, Gator. Uh, no, what I was going to say is they're actually in a better spot for the division. 
Because the, the card, they're only four, right? Do I have that right, Nelson? Weren't they five? You asking him when he can't even get jump around right? Um, <laughs> Who gives a dang? Because no one cares. It's Well, no. you just got, no. They you were, had so much fake news right there. They were, Your info was wrong. The, I don't care. They were five oh. games from the, I believe, Fact Gator, they were five games out of the division. So now they had the wild card sewn up last year because it was either they were going to win. The, they were going to make the playoffs either way at this time last year. But if you want to make the analogy of the division, it's uh, it's almost identical to where they were uh, last year at this time. Chad, welcome to the Joe and Evo show. Hi, guys. I had to call in and correct young Nelson about I Jumbo. Know. Chad, I, I Chad, knew that. Chad, set- bring it. Bring it, Chad. Bring it. Chad, I, I was, was there. I was on the sidelines. I covered the game. I, it's just nonsense. Just millennials, dude. Millennials. Yeah, I was there in the student section. It was the night game against Drew Brees. Yeah, it was the greatest college football game I've ever seen. Drew Brees threw 83 pass attempts. It's still a record to this day. Jamar Let's Fletcher. Talk. Let's talk. Oh, what a game. Right. They were not getting crushed by any means. I think it was a close game, if I remember, going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, they, they, they went into like play. three overtimes, Chad. It was in the most insane game I've yeah. ever seen. Wisconsin was winning at the time. That's that's what I thought. So, yeah, we decided to correct the young ones on that So, one. Chad, help me out. So, you you obviously know. So, is the wave cheesy? Uh, yeah, I think it's gotten there. Yeah, but would you yeah. participate in it? Uh, I do so, um, kind of. Uh, you know, I don't want to, but I feel <laughs> I feel like I'm pressure. a jerk when it comes around. I'm the only one sitting down. So. Peer pressure. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of do the hands and not the stand up part. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yep. Thank you, Chad. Chad, Chad, I have to deal. I have to fact check Nelson like nine times a day. Joe, it's- if I fact checked you, we'd need a longer show. Oh, <laughs> please. <laughs> We say good morning to Roberto Reichel from Forbes.com. Morning, Robbie. Hi, boys. How are we doing? Great. I am doing great. I have already had two Coors Light Tall Boys, and it is 820. So uh, I am, uh, I'm proving that uh, rehab is, in fact, for quitters, Rob, today on the show. Thirsty Thursday is real. So you're, so you're actually like three or four behind your normal morning show. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, Rob, uh, obviously there's a ton of interest in this game with Packers-Vikings and following up from last week, but I always got to start with the most important question. Aaron Rodgers yesterday says, no more wave at Lambeau Field on offense. We asked a question today on our Twitter poll. Does Rob Reichel think the wave is still cool? Come on, Robbie. Uh, I've never been a big fan. Oh. So, so not only do I not think it's cool now, I didn't think it was cool in 1973 or whatever. That Stop it, Robbie. So you totally I've participated been, in it. You know what? I won't even stand at Badger games when that thing goes around. <laughs> at, that, at that Central Michigan game, game last week, Evo, I wouldn't even get Robbie, up. Robbie, so will, you, will you sing I'm, Fill I'm Me Up Buttercup? Will you sing Sweet Caroline? Oh, yeah, I'll sing. I'll sing How was that. that not played in lame? <laughs> so... I, I I don't know. It's just it, whatever. It's personal preference. I You're a Neil people. Diamond guy. I get it. I'm a Neil Diamond guy too. <laughs> no, but yes, I, I I hey, I'm not saying either answer is right or wrong. That, that's just how I do it. So, um, you got it, buddy. But I'll say this. I mean, Rogers does have a point when they're on offense and you want things a little quieter. I mean, go nuts, go nuts when the other team has the ball, right? And and try to get loud and rowdy. I I just my personal belief on that, guys, is. I mean, you guys have been to enough games at Lambeau. You can walk around. You, you can see the average age of the crowd is, you know, our card and then some. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's not It's not a youthful group oh that's going to get up and get loud. It, it's a group that when you get in their way um, or you stand up at, you know, during a play, the guy behind you is going to scream in your ear to sit down. Right. And that, 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 that's not going to change. No matter, no matter how much the quarterback begs or pleads and no matter how many – 
tricks and gadgets that Lafleur tries to incorporate over into Lambeau Field. It's 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 just an older fan base, guys. That you know that 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 all this other stuff is kind of gimmicky. The the flickering lights and what have you. I just I I don't know. I I get it. I I understand what they're doing. It's not a very loud place anymore. It hasn't been for a while. It it doesn't have the same built-in home crowd advantage that maybe it once did, and certainly that places like Seattle or Kansas City have, and and they're trying to change that. But it's a I, I think that's going to be a, a tough hill to climb. Robbie, I'll say doing the wave is cooler than Mark Murphy flickering the lights on and off after they score. But let me ask you, if Rodgers, who says he wants to get in the floor, wants to get everyone pumped up, you know, when it comes to this stuff, what if the offense actually performed at a you know a higher level and Rodgers isn't thirty three percent accuracy, the worst for starting quarterbacks in Week One? What if the offense just I don't know did something? Wouldn't that inspire the crowd? Yeah, you you would think playing good winning football is really the cure all to everything. I remember Ron Wolf saying that when you know when the Packers had that stretch in the in the in the mid nineties where I think they were twenty three and one at home over a three year window and you know they they had a winning streak at one point to twenty five in a row at home. I think before Randy Moss went nuts and on a Monday night and and almost single handedly beat them. But Wolf said. He said, the reason this place didn't get loud in the late 80s and the 90s is because we played garbage football. He said, you know, now we're chasing Super Bowls, we're winning Super Bowls, we got one hell of a football team, of course it's going to get loud. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Ebo. All the other stuff is, is minor league kind of nonsense to keep, to keep people interested, right? It's, it's like going to a Class A baseball game or the heck to an NBA game, I think, at some point in time where they never turn the noise off. So it, uh, you're, you're a thousand percent right. Go score 34 points, play winning football, and the crowd's going to go nuts. Uh, speaking of scoring, visiting with our Packer Insider, so let, let's pick up then from last week, Robbie. And uh, this has been the great debate on our show, and I'm sure just about everywhere this week. Uh, the 10 points, you got the win, but you know the concern of they only scored 10 points, was it a the Bear defense is legitimately that good. That was the number one defense in the NFL last year, or is it the Packer offense still has a lot of uh, you know warts and they got some stuff that they need to sort out? Where do you weigh in on that? Yeah, I think it's a combination, Joe. I mean, I think the Bears, when it's all said and done, will be top three in the majority of key defensive categories as long as they, you know, as long as they stay healthy as as a unit this year. Um, Green Bay, though, I, I said this on your show last week, Joe, I didn't think it was going to be pretty from an offensive standpoint. They just didn't have enough time together uh, facing live bullets in, in the summer. And um, it, it, it's tough to roll out against a defense that good when when you are just not totally in sync. And, and Rodgers even tempered uh, enthusiasm and excitement, if you remember, guys, last week leading into that game. Um, it was the first time he kind of walked back some of his predictions for how good that offense could be. That's, you know, last week he even said it, it's going to take some time. We're we're not going to look great coming out of the gates. Well, well they didn't. And and I'm I'm really curious, Joe, to find out if if this is going to be a deal by midseason where we say it's a personnel issue, um, or and 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 they're continuing to struggle scoring points, or if we're going to look back and say, yep, they just they needed a little more time together because look. By week four, they exploded, and and then they had a six-week window here where they averaged 33 points a game or something like that. Um, I'm not sure right now which way that's going to go, Joe. I'm I'm not convinced they have the personnel to go out and rank in the top ten this year, for example, in offense. 
Um, and then you, you throw on the fact it's a new scheme for everybody. It's going to take some time there. So I, I don't think it's going to be an aberration, Joe, what you saw in week one uh, with, with, the, with the offense kind of malfunctioning uh, throughout the course of the game. I, I think they're going to struggle yet this week and, and maybe even the first quarter of the season before you see these guys really pick it up. So let's go on the flip side then and go to Minnesota because I'm equally as confused on that one. Obviously the Vikings look great. And a lot of people thought the Falcons were going to be better in the offseason. You know, that game was a, you know, it's 28 13, but I watched almost all of it, Rob. It was a joke. I mean, it was 28 nothing with seven minutes left, and the Falcons put in two garbage touchdowns. So, I mean, should we be, you know, giving a lot of credit to how great the Vikings played? Or let's be honest, and that Atlanta team was brutal. That's one of the few teams the Packers won uh, last season after they fired Mike McCarthy. I mean, that Atlanta isn't that great of a team, or. Uh, or should we be concerned at the performance the Vikings put out last week? Man, guys, weren't the Falcons just about to win a Super Bowl before they, yes. you know, tink, tinkled down their leg and, and look where they are now? Isn't that crazy how things can change in, in that league? But, you know, specifically, Jody, your, to your question on the Vikings, I, Minnesota was my pick to win that division, I, I, I to win the division. I, I think they're going to be really good, 11-win uh, kind of a football team The the defense is starting to get a little bit older, but the key pieces at every level are still in place. And, and, and then, as we saw last week, there's, there's a complete change in philosophy in terms of how they're doing things in Minnesota. The pass-happy group that exists time uh, late in the year, guys, is, is gone. They ran the ball 38 out of 48 offensive plays last week. They relied on Cook heavily. Uh, they took the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. That's a... That's a pretty expensive game manager, isn't it? At <laughs> Rob, eight for ten, Reichel. What the hell is that about? Rob, oh eight of ten. Oh my god! I, and, and that's how Zimmer is going to want to play. Not ten passes, Joe. I don't. I don't. I. I think that was more um, kind of a byproduct of how that game went with them getting a big lead and him wanting to work clock. But I think on an average week, Joe, his his goal is going to be sixty percent run, forty percent pass, something to that. Now he was almost eighty twenty last week we're not gonna we may not see that again that that was their fewest passes since you know joe cap back in the day and and bob lee and in the late 70s it's it's crazy 10 passes it was the fewest passes by a winning football team guys in the in the league i think since 06 or something so um we're not going to see that real often and we certainly won't see that i don't think on sunday but don't be surprised guys if they have 60 offensive snaps and say 40 of them are our run plays and 20 our passes. That's just that's how the Vikings are going to roll right now. They're going to put it in the hands of the run game. Uh, they they think they have one of the top five backs in football, and I, and I and I would not sure I would argue with them. And they think their defense is still elite. So that's how Zimmer wants to play. He's he's turned it you know kind of that way with his with his new offensive coordinator, and um, that's. You know, they're, they're going to try to roll that way and see how it goes for now. Anyhow, Joe. Well, Robbie, what do you think of the Packers' defense? I mean, they, Mitch Trubisky is, stinks, but the Packers were able to shut down every, every aspect of that offense. Is the defense the real deal? Can they stop, you know, the Vikings' run game? Kirk Cousins, to me, is just average. He's Mr. Average. Can the, Viking, or can the Packers stop the Vikings' run game? I was amazed they stopped the Bears pretty much playing it with six all night, guys. I mean, with, with Raven Green and – um, you know, uh, the, the front, um, we, we've talked about it guys through the, through the course of the summer that I, I do think they hit it maybe on all three of these defensive free agents, certainly on the two Smiths. And, and I, I think we knew what we knew, what they were getting with Amos. They, they were just getting solid, steady, 
uh, performance, and that's what they need back there, guys, because you saw last week Darnell Savage is, is going to be a pro bowler several times, I think, in the course of his career. He's he's only getting started, and he's he's miles ahead of where most safeties uh, can play that can play that particular position. But both Smiths guys were, were unbelievable last week in, in the Bear game. Kenny Clark was terrific, um, gobbling up blockers. I, I, I don't know, Ebo, if they can be that good every single week, but, man, that was the best they've been since you remember that shutout against the Jets in 2010 when they went and beat <laughs> them 9 nothing in, in New York. I mean, yeah. I, that, that's the last time I, re- I remember them playing defense like that. It, uh, for all the people, guys, who have, you know, I don't want to say long-suffering because no Packer fan these days is long-suffering. They've had two bad years out of 25 or whatever. But all the people that watched them play pretty lousy defense the last seven, eight years, I think are going to be are going to be pretty excited because th- this is a top ten defense. Well, Rob, let me ask you, as a guy that you know thinks of headlines and and whatnot, when's the last time? Was 2010 the last time you had a headline saying that the Packers' defense was the reason they won? Yeah, it's few and far between, Evo. I mean, you can count them on you can count them on one hand, and and we're talking what nine years at sixteen games, so 144 games. I mean, that's not. Good God! That, that, that's not many times that you know you you would put it on the defense. And, and guys, I, I we we talked about this on the show through the course of the summer. We said if they have any chance at a fast start, it's probably going to come from the defense. Well, sure enough, it's a ten-three game. I wouldn't be shocked if it's seventeen, thirteen, sixteen, twelve. You know, one of those kind of grinded out games on Sunday, guys. I don't I don't know that either team is capable against the oppo- opponent's defense of going out there and scoring 30 points. I, I think this is going to be another slugfest. And, and if Green Bay is going to win again, guys, that, you know, they're going to force three turnovers. They might get a defensive score. Um, and then, you know, they're going to hold Minnesota to 250 total yards like they did Chicago. Um, because I don't, I don't see Aaron Rodgers in the offense going crazy against this defense. Hey, to that point, Robbie, uh, visiting with our uh, Packer Insider, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. Before I get your game day prediction, you know, we saw a very, you know, offense, uh, on a whole, but certainly the run game as well. And, you know, we've had this, you know, thought as Packer fans, really since, you know, our buddy Amon Green, who we do our show with, you know, the last time that the Packers truly had a running back that they said we're going to run it and commit to the run, you know, was Amon Green in like 2003. McCarthy said it late in his career, didn't really materialize. LaFleur, we all thought, you know, based on how he's done it in, in L.A. and in and, and Tennessee, He's going to run it. I mean, you still have this guy named Aaron Rodgers, but we always think of, oh, you can't have him out there all the time, throwing it 40, 50 times. When you saw how unimpressive the run game was last week, was that a blip on the radar? I mean, do you think they're going to be a running identity team, or is it like LaFleur's the same thing? McCarthy, remember two years ago, Robbie, McCarthy banging his foot, Hannah, tell me, I believe me when I tell you we're going to run the damn ball. It's A1 important. And then they led the NFL in passing attempts that year. (laughs) So, like, what's the reality of the Packers ever truly running the football? It'll be very interesting someday when McCarthy writes the book and maybe LaFleur after that, when, when we officially learn how many times the quarterback was changing McCarthy's run calls. Right? Every was time. It, was it twenty percent of the the snaps that he called runs? Probably was it 90. thirty? Was it fifty? Was it ninety? Right. I no, I, I'm with you, Joe. I mean at at the end of the day, I mean that that was all well and good that McCarthy wanted to do that, but if but if the guy who had the final say before that play actually took off from the line of scrimmage was was altering the work every single time, then it's then then you're not gonna get what you want as the head coach. I, I, I'm still of the belief, Joe, that that was more a blip 
last week. I, I do think they'll be a pretty good run team, and I think they're going to try to run it the better part of 50% of the time. Now, maybe with Rodgers, you're just never going to get much above the 40% number, low 40, something like that. But but if you look at the history, and we've talked about this before, of, of McVeigh and then LaFleur um, in Tennessee and, and just the way those guys have always done it, um, you know, they were always 50% plus. I mean, Tennessee last year was 51.2% on the run, and, and I think LaFleur would like to have his run numbers in the mid-40s. But, again, I, I, I think he abandoned it too soon last week. I think they got it going a little bit better in the second half. I think he'll try to commit to it early. But, again, the great unknown is, is how many times number 12 is going to tell him, uh, nope, that's not what we're doing. And he goes to the line of scrimmage, and he flips the ball out to his pal, Devontae Adams. So, All right, uh, prediction. You don't know that. I mean, that, yeah, that's no, that, yeah. I mean, Rob, that, you're not you're not wrong. You're you're definitely not wrong. All right, uh, I won't say if you were right or wrong last week on the prediction because that's in the past, Rob. We're only looking forward. So Packers Vikings two and a half point spread hasn't moved a centimeter all week. How do you see this thing playing out on Sunday? Yeah, again, like I mentioned before, I think low scoring slugfest defense wins the day, and and I'm going to say 17-13 Packers guys. Um, yeah, maybe maybe the wave will get it done for me. Yeah, maybe 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 that. Rob, uh, I want you doing the wave in the press box, okay? There you go. Maybe, maybe that geriatric crowd will get up and get nuts, right? Hey, so, if the geriatric crowd at Camp Randall can do it, they can do it in Lambeau. Hey, sit down and turn that music down, young man, and stop flicking the lights on and off. <laughs> We need uh, we we need a couple of buses going from your station, guys, to bring the average. Well, Rob, think about it. Down, like, like if you didn't have a season ticket wait list of fifty years, by the time you get your season tickets, you're already like eighty years old. What do you want from us? It's a great, it's a great point, Evo. They're never yeah, gonna have young people in there. It's always gonna Robbie. be old fogies. <laughs> that's uh, that that that's something you can uh, go go to battle with with uh, not your president, Mark. That's Kirby, not my right? president. He needs to be fired now. That's right. Thank you, you pal. Good (laughs) stuff as always. Bye-bye. There he is, our Packers. uh, Follow him at Rob Reichel, underscore Reichel, and uh, Forbes.com. The coverage is top shelf. Hell yeah. Go Pack Go. Come on, baby. Uh, we you you want you want you want a little Go Pack Go? Yeah, Go Pack Go. Give you some Go go Pack Go. Gives me pumped up, dude. Hell yeah. Go Pack Go. I mean, it's so cheesy. So awesome. Go, Pack, go. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. You know what? Uh, I would say there's one better Packer uh, highlight, though, than that. This is, I speaking of like the wave, because this all started talking about the wave, right? And Aaron Rodgers says, don't do the wave. And I'm like, the wave's lave, wave is lave anyway. You're like, you kind of like the wave, so we put it to a vote. I just like having fun. What if, like, instead of like a foghorn, or flickering the lights or the way. What if every time the Packers had a good play, this came over the loudspeaker? I don't want to oh, brag about myself, but. <laughs> what do you think? What do you guys throttle, I would throttle somebody. What do you guys think? <sighs> no? Well, if uh, Ebo is any, <laughs> any example, it sounds like it would get the people going. It would get the people That's mad. What I'm get people, there'd be riots. Rodgers rolling out to his right. There's Devontae Adams. Touchdown, Packers! Yeah! Brag about myself, but <laughs> I, just, I guarantee you Mark Murphy already tried to do it, and he was told no, probably by Rogers. Packers leading by one, 17-16, seven seconds left. Cousins rolling out to his right. Preston Smith with the sack. Packers win. I don't want to. 
brag about myself, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> what do you guys I, think? Does it does it does it got legs? I'm like mad. I would drag him out of that press box. <laughs> take him to that take him to that sledding hill and show him what it's go, like. Pat, go. All right. Um, okay. How about this? In especially Sunday. What what if we did, uh, Ebo? Just something like this. Every time the Packers make a good play. No. <laughs> no. That'd, That'd be, be funny. That. Piped over. Well, you know, like when Kawhi Leonard would miss uh, like a, a free throw, which was rare, afraid he'd miss a shot, the Bucks would play the Kawhi laugh. Like, uh, where is it? Where's the Kawhi laugh? You want the, you want the Kawhi? Man, you're, you're, you're making me work. At the, I like it, though. Yeah, the hockeys are burning. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi um, Leonard. Okay. Well, I'm just, you know. Mark Murphy needs to be fired now. We're spitballing because all this oh, started. Yeah, also, go ahead. you'll like this one. Our guy, uh, a reader. Everyone give me a reader. 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 He says on Twitch, Packers need to make Goodbye Horses their new song by Q Lazarus. Oh, what? And if you don't know what song that is, Joe loves playing it. It's the soundtrack from Silence of the Lambs. Yes. And that's when Buffalo Bill tucks his wiener back and dances. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Packers score a touchdown instead of, I mean, Todd Rundgren, you've had a good run. Would you do me? Oh, it's been a hell me. of a run for Todd Rundgren. Nelson's fi- Nelson loves this song. I hate this song. What do you mean you hate this song? Get it in there, Nell. Nelson. Oh. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Nelson, stop touching the hotkeys. <laughs> Turn it on and rip the knob off. Nelson, I said stop touching the hotkeys. This could be a... This is a song worthy of a Packer touchdown. Oh, every, every you see that dance, great big dance, fat lady? Dance. Take your wiener and dance. Nelson, would you do me? I'd do me. I'd do me, Nelson. Look at what Reader started. Reader! Daily actions on his next. Next.